These are the first-person singular files. This episode is called Letting Off Steam. Written and performed by Peter Halpin. Time to count down the minutes. Spend most of my break anticipating the end of it. Meanwhile, all those people expecting their stuff are watching the clock, wondering where I am. If they knew I was stopped for a breather, some of them would really lose themselves over it. Some people get so uptight about the delivery of some really non-essential items. I had a customer come running out to me last week. Well, the neighbour of a customer. There are these two little houses next to each other with nothing but fields around them for as far as you can see. Quaint, but a bit eerie, I think. I'd just popped a few boxes, each weighing absolutely nothing, so quite what she'd bought I have no idea, to the house next door. She said they'd arrived just in time for their holiday, two weeks in Andorra, leaving the next morning. Very happy and grateful she was. I was just getting back in the van, setting the sat-nav to the next drop, when out comes this other woman, the neighbour, hurtling herself towards me like she was trying to stop a murderer escaping. Stop! Wait! She screams at me, now almost up against my window. I thought I'd parked on her cat, or she was under the impression I'd just delivered military-grade explosives next door. So I opened the cab door, in a hurry, of course, because she'd set me on edge, wondering what on earth the fiasco was all about, ready to leap out and help save the day from whatever immediate peril she was in. It was only her lightning-fast reactions to put her hands up in front of her contorted face that prevented me from knocking her clean out there on the grass verge. And as though nearly being sideswiped across the chops with a van door was an all-too-common, everyday occurrence for her, ignoring it completely, she says, Have you got my steamer? in a panicked desperation, as if her life depended on it right there and then. It's amazing how many people assume I know what's in all the packages. I suppose I can see the security issue in not knowing, but there's the obvious confidentiality issue of knowing. Sometimes I'm quite sure I'm glad I don't know what's been ordered online. All those boxes, largely blank besides the address, and little to no information as to their contents, stacked up and riding around behind me all day every day. There's one gentleman who lives in the village centre, and I say gentleman because he is exceptionally polite, to the point it must surely be to cover up something. You hear of serial killers with back gardens made more of skeletons than soil, whose neighbours, on hearing the news of their true identity, say how they were 
Such a nice, polite person. You'd never have believed it. If you don't see or hear your neighbour in a foul mood or arguing every once in a while, be prepared for the local news cameras to come knocking on your door. And look out for late-night gardening activity. Anyway, this gentleman, Mr Anderson he's called, at least that's the name on the boxes. I can't make head nor tail of the scribble he signs for them with. But then whose can you with these daft little plastic pens and the unresponsive handheld screens? So, Mr Anderson, he always, whether I'm delivering to him or just happen to be driving past, he always has his curtains shut. All of them. Any time of day, all drawn shut. And he's not a night worker, in case you were thinking that. When I deliver to him, he's fully dressed, very dapper too, in a suit, not always your usual cotton affair, waistcoat, shiny shoes that are rarely the standard black or brown, and a tie, usually a patterned tie that's colour-coordinated with his shoes. I notice those sort of things. It's what sets apart the smart from the dapper, I think. Mr Anderson is like one of those characters in a TV series that, even though you know they've done some terrible, heinous things, you still warm to them and hope they win through in the end. I would love to know what's in the parcels he gets delivered and what he's up to behind those shielded windows. That was my point, to illustrate and explain my intrigue of what's in the packages I chauffeur about. Oh, yes, so, the steamer woman. I considered joking that her seemingly standard setting of furiously enraged would possibly create enough steam to leave any appliance redundant. But I'd clocked her as a potential right-to-head-office type, and I can't be doing with wasting five minutes in the gaffer's office before I set off. That's all that happens, by the way, if you send a grievance off to HQ. I've never experienced it myself, but I'm told it's just an eye roll and a quick reminder of your duties in a face-to-face customer services role. The boss has been through it all herself, so she's very understanding and lenient. The worst thing to do as a disgruntled deliveree is turn up at our base and cause a scene with management. And I say that because it happened very recently. Swearing and cursing telling all manner of lies and exaggerations, making accusations that were just fantasies of an irrationally angry mind. I was sorting a few returns at the back of the warehouse when it all kicked off, and I lurked there to witness it from start to finish. It made for some very interesting viewing, I can tell you. So, instead of joking about herself producing some steam, I just calmly explained that if I did have her steamer on board, it would be on my system to deliver it there and then. And, regrettably, it wasn't. Well, where is it? When's it coming? Why isn't it here? She yapped at me, sort of like a Jack Russell mixed with a parrot and a semi-automatic weapon. I politely informed her that I wasn't made aware of future deliveries, that I was only given times and addresses at the start of each day and that perhaps it was worth contacting the company or individual she bought the steamer from to inquire of its whereabouts. 
After a moment of staring past me to the passenger window, clenching her jaw in turbulent thought, me sat there staying calm and patient, she said, Right! Fine! Thank you! In the same manner as before, three short, sharp shots fired at my face. I knew it wasn't fine, and she certainly didn't intend to give me genuine thanks. She turned and marched back into her house and gave me a very wiry, sarcastic smile before trying to create a sonic boom with her front door. Anyway, guess who had their long-awaited steamer arrive this morning? She opened the door and just looked at me, her head on a slight tilt and eyebrows aloft, as if trying to prove a point. I smiled and said with a humorous charm, I don't usually know what's in deliveries, as you know, but I'm pretty sure this is a steamer. Sullen-faced, she just humphed and lurched to grab it from me. I said she needed to sign for it before I could hand it over, and put it on the floor to hand her the handset and the little plastic pen. She did a scrawl, which I could tell wasn't even an attempt at her signature. I took the handset back, and, instead of confirming the delivery as complete, I cancelled it off. It's very easy. Just a tap of a button, and it's as if I'd not yet even arrived. As she bent down to pick up her beloved, belated steamer, I kicked her square in the head, hard. My steel-toe-capped boots sent her flipping over backwards, almost gymnastically, back into her hallway. Her landing was appalling, though, so any gymnastics judge would not have scored her well. Not that she'd have known. Out cold before her feet even left the ground. And that neck snap... Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. No getting her hands up in the way this time. Presumably the neighbour will discover her when they get back from their rather timely trip to Andorra. Thankfully, not a spot of blood on the parcel, so that was popped back in the van. I'd picked up a spare set of boots from the office to substitute for the DNA-splattered ones, nipping in while the managers went to debrief after that customer unleashed fury on them. Supposedly the delivery driver had attacked them, trying to hit them with his door when they inquired about the whereabouts of their... steamer. I am not at all rude. In fact, I take great pride in my consistently nice, polite persona. Nobody ever sees or hears me in a foul mood, raising my voice or arguing with anyone. I dutifully completed a missed delivery card and popped it through her door. Parcel too big for letterbox, tick. Requires a signature, tick. Time of death, 10.45am.
Letting Off Steam. Written and performed by Peter Halpin.